You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and it's a little bit of an empty studio today. Uh, I'm here with Ken. How are you, Ken? You call you calling me empty? Inside, only inside. Okay, that's fair. Well, good morning, Neil. How are you doing? Good morning to you. I'm doing well, drinking coffee out of my Trejo's coffee mug from Los Angeles. And I believe I have one of your uh, Gilmore Girls. Is this Gil- Gilmore That is Girls? Luke's Diner. That's correct. All right, that's that's good for me. We are without Jeff today. Mm-hmm. So Jeff just bought a house, and um, he's, uh, I guess, getting everything ready in there. So he couldn't be bothered. Couldn't be bothered today. Couldn't be bothered to show up. So I just want to sincerely apologize to our guests, but uh, know this. He will be severely reprimanded. So don't worry. Yeah, and uh, we, we're going to talk to uh, those people from Insidious and get one of those demons to go hang out with him yeah. at he'll, his house. He'll be uh, he'll be standing uh, in front of the council of three, as I call me and you and Matt. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, it's funny you're drinking from your Trejo's cup. I actually walked past uh, the coffee shop today, and I just asked if Danny was in, and there was a man named Danny. And I'm like, oh, never mind. This joke went poorly. And then Not I that one. <laughs> it wasn't a gruff-looking man uh, who was looking at you angrily. No, I'm sure he was at his taco stand. Actually, he's got he has so many different places here in Los Angeles. A bit of a mogul. I will say I. I was at a Trejo's Tacos with our mutual friend, Phil, and Phil asked the waiter, he's like, oh, is Danny ever here? Expecting him to be like, no, it's just his name on the, he's like, yeah, he's here all the time in the kitchen hanging out and he's really nice. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Doing dishes, just like helping out, running running drinks. Uh, Now we have some special guests here and we're going to introduce them in just one second, but Ken, uh, you and I are maybe a little tired, but we we had a a strange activity last night that we engaged in together. Uh, We're going to talk about that. Or about the other activity. Oh, okay. Not, the, not, no, the, not that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, we got together with a couple friends and watched the Kill Bill uh, movies back to back. And uh, I presented a special game that I called Feats of Strength, spelled feet. Um, and we just counted every foot shot in the Kill Bill. And all the friends had a, had a number, I guess, of how many total foot shots. And I believe there were 67 that I had adjudicated as intentional foot shots. Collectively, yep, in both movies. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Neil won. I Actually. won, uh, yeah, I guessed uh, there was going to be 27 feet shots in just the first movie alone. I believe there was 31. 30, I think we ended up with 37, but you had the highest guess. I had guess. the highest guess because yeah. I said I knew there was going to be a lot, and there yeah. was. Your greatest fear came true. It did, actually, and, and I had to even focus more on feet, which it was just my worst nightmare. Yeah. 
but uh, let's not talk about feet. Let's talk about the special guest we have here because before we started, we found out there is a huge Chicago connection today, which is really awesome. So our first guest is going to be a competitor today. Um, he is in Chicago, just like us. He's an Oakland Five supporter on Patreon, and that's Chris Grubbs. How's it going, Chris? Very good. Good to be here. Great to have you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and uh, anything else you'd like to talk about today. All right. Uh, yeah, my name's Chris. I live in uh, Chicago around the Avondale neighborhood, for those that know the city. live here with my wife and a 17-year-old cat. I'm a software developer. play guitar. I like to that's cook. an old cat. like trivia, all I'm... that stuff. Yeah, that's an old cat. He's doing good, though. He's spry. He's, he's uh, for his age, he, he still uh, makes trouble. And what's, what's your cat's name? Oh, that's Bruce. Love it. Name Bruce. And I, and I do want to say, and this is a compliment of the highest order, you, to me, at least this morning uh, over the internet, are the spitting image of uh, actor Vincent Cassell, famed French actor. Mm, I, see, I oh. can see it. You know, I haven't gotten that before. I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to remember that. <laughs> yeah. So anytime you're you're going to be robbing uh, huge establishments of jewels and whatnot and doing uh, capoeira with lasers, uh, just let me know. I'll, I'll be there to support you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, and uh, Chris is going to be uh, competing today with Matt, so they're going to figure out a team name. But we have to have a host, and we have someone who's returning to the show uh, and has some some great stories, actually, about moving and, and other great things coming up in the near future. Uh, but she's coming to us from North Dakota, and that is Kenya Hitchens. How are you, Kenya? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, let's hear about uh, your new move, where you're at, and, and what you've been up to uh, since we've last had you on the show. Um, well, when I was last on the show, I was in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, since then, I have moved to Grand Forks, North Dakota. Um, I uh, am having a uh, wedding next year with, the, uh, with my partner, the reason that I moved here in the first place. Um, basically, there's... Uh, not much, ex uh, not much to do here in North Dakota. But should you find yourself here um, under unfortunate circumstances, which is the only reason anyone ever finds himself here, I'll be more than happy to at least uh, show you around. Uh, the whole tour will take about <laughs> ten minutes. Okay, well, I'll give you one thing to do, and that is host today's game. We surely appreciate that. Uh, Chris is going to be partnering up with Matt, and I'm going to be with Neil. But first, we need to listen to the rules. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. We must the crap. <laughs> All right, Kenya, I hope that rules reading occupied a little bit of your time. Um, and now we're on to the game. But first, team names. Yeah, so uh, I, I suppose we played the game last night. So, uh, Ken, how about we be the feats of strength? Sounds good. Um, yeah, it reminds me that there is a Festivus for the rest of us. I think... Uh, this is gonna, we're going to be the airing of grievances because I got a lot of problems with all of you, and you're going to listen to me. Awesome. Uh, well, yeah, so we got our teams. Uh, then uh, let's get to the game. Kenya, feel free to kick it off. All right. Sounds good. Uh, good luck, guys. Here we go. Uh, your first question. 
This word from the Greek words for all and people can be traced back to the 1660s. Unfortunately, examples of its meaning can be found all throughout history, including 14th century Afro-Eurasia and more modern examples in 1918 and 2020 worldwide. All right, we'll go ahead and lock in on this one. Not too sure on, on the answer, but we'll guess. Okay, so they they don't I don't they don't think they know, but um, mm-hmm. the time the time frames make me think. So the 1600s I think would be the the t- right around the Bubonic. Black Plague, yeah, and then you got the Spanish yeah. flu and then COVID. So yeah, just I feel pretty good about sense. yeah, because uh, democracy like has like demos. I think that's the Greek word mm. for people. Uh, so I I, okay. I feel feel like pandemic is going to be the way to go. All right, then we're going to lock in with pandemic. Duh. Wow, what a great uh, reasoning there. I did not think about that. Yeah, we had no idea. So we just, we, I, I was like, I know Vox Populi means voice of the people. So I said Populi, populist. So we said populist. Okay. Um, and the examples in the question uh, did reference back to uh, the Black Plague or the Black Death in the 1300s, as well as the Spanish flu in uh, 1918 and COVID-19 in 2020, the word is pandemic, with pan meaning all and demic meaning people. I see. Wow. Great question. All right. Your second question. The Paleolithic, Mesolithic, and Neolithic are the three subdivisions of what prehistoric age, which saw early humans use tools and begin farming and food production? All right, we're, we'll go ahead and lock in on this one. All right, so you're locked in, and Chris, you said you had a couple of thoughts on this one. Yeah, so like, you know, you hear about like the Bronze Age, the Iron Age. Um, if it's if it's when that if it's when they were using tools, makes me think it might be one of the metals. Uh, mm-hmm. If I recall, I think the Bronze Age is before the Iron Age. I think bronze yeah. is like a more primitive material i want to say what's age of empires telling you (laughs) (laughs) um yeah well i was thinking completely different i was thinking somewhere if this was like the mesozoic era but that wouldn't make sense if it was part of it um because i this this is like triassic and jurassic and all that stuff is something that i know that i can look up and probably learn in like a day's worth of time but i just never do it um but I like I like where you're going with that. I think I think the Bronze Age is a is a good guess. So Ken, you wrote down 1990s rhinoplastic era, but I don't think that's I don't the right think direction. I saw that. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we wrote down um, Mesozoic and Cretaceous, and we're going with Mesozoic. Um, unfortunately, no points here. Uh, this is actually the Stone Age. Uh-huh. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. We're overthinking today. <laughs> we are. These are greatly worded questions, and we're like, well, let's go to every avenue of our brain, and it's right in front of us. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a fugue state right now. <laughs> let's get uh, question three, see how we do. All right. Question three, completed in 1972. The Pyramid Center was the tallest building in San Francisco until 2018, and the tallest skyscraper west of Chicago for two years. Much like the Sears Tower in Chicago, this building's branded name refers to a large holding company who once had their headquarters there. 
what is the name of this company founded in 1928 as a holding company for Bank of America? So I recently was watching uh, some travel shows, one that happened to be in San Francisco, and it was very interesting. They were talking about the earthquake there and how um, the person that, that really built up the city again and made it uh, great uh, was uh, an immigrant who came in there and then ended up starting Bank of America, if I remember. But I do remember a couple names after looking through San Francisco, so I'm just going to go with one of them, and, and we'll see if it's good. Chris, I don't, I don't know. Um... Uh, I have literally no idea. I know that they built the Oracle around that time. I don't know if Oracle is, I think, I think it's too new to be the answer there. Um, do you have any ideas? I'm wrecking my brain right now. Uh, the first thing that came down was Wells Fargo, but that, that's not going to be it. Um, Cause I know I they've got Wells- like a West coast basis, but like they've got like a stagecoach something or other in their branding. Uh, I, th- yeah. I think that's how they started. It's something to do with like, I don't know, that something sounds familiar. stagecoaches. <laughs> well, let's, um, let's go with the stagecoach answer and go Wells Fargo. Okay, so my reasoning on this one was the travel show, but uh, also when I used to walk to work in the city, um, there was a big building uh, with this company name on it, and I didn't know what they did. And I remember looking them up and saw that they had a huge building in San Francisco. So I'm hoping this is it. And we went with Salesforce or Salesforce. Um, okay, well, once again, unfortunately, no points awarded. Well, Wells Fargo dates all the way back to 1852, by the way. Mm. Um, but this company is called Transamerica. And the building is known as the Transamerica Pyramid. All right, question number four. Speaking of pyramids, name the 30-story pyramid-shaped casino on the Las Vegas Strip that has the largest atrium in the world by volume. Current House acts there include the Blue Man Group and Carrot Top. Now you're speaking our language. Yeah, finally. We'd have to pull a mind freak to get this answer correct. So we'll, we'll lock in over here. Chris, do you remember Vegas do you know isn't this my one? strong suit, but I mean, I know there's a, isn't there something called the Luxor? Uh, there is a Luxor. I don't think that one. Well, I think, well, yeah. Is that because I think it's the MGM? Is that is Luxor an MGM pyramid or oh, MG- casino? I think. I just thought of it because of Egypt, but I'm thinking about pictures of the MGM, like when there's like an aerial view of like when there's something going on there. And I think it is pyramid shaped. Yeah, I I think actually, I I think, I think they might be the same thing we're talking about. So um, I think MGM owns the Luxor, but I think, I think that's the answer we're looking for. So we'll go with, we'll go with Luxor. Yep. uh, We went with the Luxor. And points all around. It is Luxor. Good job. On the board. All right. Question number five. According to Merriam-Webster, this word can mean to locate and hold a desired object in a detector, to come to have as a new or added characteristic, trait, or ability, or to come into possession or control of. I have a guess, uh, and Ken reluctantly agrees, so we're going to go with our guess and lock in. I'm thinking like there's like acquire or inherit or develop. Um, the detector is getting me. Like it feels like such a specific word choice and I don't get it. Like yeah. A, like, I, a, like a metal I detector? I, I have no idea. Uh, you said inherit. I kind of like that. But I don't. 
I don't think it fits all of the definitions. Uh, I think I think inherit is going to be our guess here. All right, inherit is a good guess. Uh, we mentioned one that you mentioned yourself, and we went with acquire. And um, unfortunately, you should have stuck with acquire. Uh, that is mm. the correct answer. It's cool off the gut. Sometimes works. Yeah, sometimes it does. All right. After five questions, it looks like uh, we're all tied up at twenty. So at least we're on the board. They've been great questions so far, and now we have to see if we can create some separation. All right. Question number six. Fortunate by Maxwell and What Would You Do by City High were two hits featured on the soundtrack to this 1999 buddy comedy drama film starring Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence in their second cinematic pairing. We can lock in over here. Oh, man. I haven't thought about City High in at least two to three months. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not, I, so it's Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence, right? Was this, was this blue streak? Does that sound familiar? I like the sound of that. That's definitely a movie that I I think was a buddy movie. It's not double team. And I know it's, no, it's a Martin Lawrence movie too, for sure. That, and I I think that's the right time period. Are are you good with blue streak? Yeah, for sure. That's, that's, that's good for me. Okay. Locked in. I, I love Blue Streak, uh, especially Martin Lawrence making Luke Wilson go bleed at. But um, but we're going to uh, go with a different movie, one that I believe the soundtrack also had Destiny's Child on it. And uh, we're going to say Life. And one of the teams here is correct. It is, in fact, Life. Mm. I saw that in the theater. The once previously referenced uh, on the podcast Life, which none of us had heard of, except for Neil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of it. All right. Uh, Question number seven. What word of indigenous origin is the name of the two-part season six episode of The Office in which Jim and Pam get married? This word also titles a 1953 film noir starring Marilyn Monroe and is the first word in the name of the oldest state park in the U.S. We can lock in on this one. Uh, I'm trying Uh, to get at it from from the noir. Um, um, you got any ideas here? So they get married. Yeah, they get they get married at Niagara Falls. So my guess would be the word is Niagara. Yeah, and it's definitely so, an indigenous word. Yeah, so I think I think we can lock in with Niagara. Okay. Yep, we also said Niagara. And points all around. It is Niagara. Yay! I don't know anything about the office. All right. Question number eight. Dubbed the Venice of the North, this city was founded by a great ruler in 1703, home of architectural gems like the Admiralty, the Winter Palace, the Marble Palace, and the Hermitage. The historic core of this site was dubbed a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1990. I think I got a pretty good guess for this, Matt. I think I have it. Yeah, t- let me t- let me say what I think before you okay. poison my my mind. Okay. Um, two things are jumping out to me: the great ruler, mm-hmm. and also um, the Hermitage. I think that was in Russia, right? That I and I think we're talking Saint Petersburg. Is that crazy? What are you thinking? So Venice is known for their canals, their water, mm-hmm. and the boat travel. Um, and from the travel shows I've been watching. 
a huge aspect uh, of those boat travels are in Amsterdam because people mm-hmm. get by on the water. And I believe Amsterdam is called the Venice of the North because there's a million boats that people are in, like traveling through the city, like in the canals. I'm like 50-50, so. Um, it's totally up to you. I mean, I'll, I'll trust you. I know you're Zen Ken, so. Let's go. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of it today, so yeah. let's go with your guess. Okay, we'll lock in with Amsterdam officially. All right, Chris, okay, what did Matt, we say? <laughs> we said St. Petersburg. Uh, I feel pretty confident that that uh, the, the Hermitage is a big like museum complex there. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think it's St. Petersburg. And the great leader would probably be Peter the Great, something along right. those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and Ken, you should have stuck to your guns. It is, in mm. fact, St. Petersburg. Yeah. And yes, the clue did reference Peter the Great, who founded the city in 1703. All right, question number nine. In 2013, the internet had fun parroting the chorus of what Taylor Swift song? Various clips on YouTube replaced Taylor's O with a goat yell, an auto paper towel dispenser, a rabbit yell, a man crying, and Chewbacca. We can lock in. I have no idea. I am just I'm just dying here in my well, own thoughts. You should be the Swifty. Between the two of us, you should be the Swifty. I should, well, that's the thing. I should be the Swifty, but... I'm not really a Swift. I mean, I enjoy, she's fine. I just I listen to a lot of other pop music, so I, I should know this. But uh, what was that one called? The Young and the Restless. What about that one? I mean, that's a soap opera. Did she have a song called or that? The Young and the Rent Relentless. <laughs> well, I don't know what that one was. I don't either. Young and the Rentless. When you live with your parents. Yeah, well, that's that's me. Except uh, nice. ten years ago. <laughs> young and the Rentless. The I'm millennials. Old and Rentless now. Yeah, Young and the <laughs> Rentless. The millennial soap opera. Yeah. All right. Let's go with. Uh, <laughs> Let's go with uh, "Shake It Off." Shake it off, okay. Yeah, when you when you started naming those early albums, I knew that you were in trouble. Um, so shame on you, Neil, because you should know that this is trouble. Oh, that's right. Oh. And the answer is, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. So, <clears throat> trouble mm-hmm. is your correct answer. That's totally right. I'm glad you like... knew that, Matt, because I extremely did not. <laughs> also, me. <laughs> You, you you probably seen the meme though. Yeah. It was like oh dun dun oh and it was like no. the, goat. I the goat scream. I actually put it in the chat if you want to look at it oh, later. Great. Yes, I will do that. We'll put the link yeah. in Literally, the show I've... notes for sure. Okay, and then your last question of the first round: Passport two, a word that means master key and can literally translate to go everywhere is the surname of the faithful French valet in what well-known 1872 novel? I don't I don't think we could have pivoted we... further from my wheelhouse from the Taylor Swift question. So, all right. So you guys are locked in. Um, I have no idea. Uh, so I am going to tee it up for Chris because you had lots of ideas and some of them sounded good. Yeah, we were talking about this a little bit. And uh, the, the name to me sounds French. I think they said the valet is French and uh, sounded like a traveling kind of thing. And so my guess with the time period and, and French would be Jules Verne's Around the World in 80 Days. Mm. Oh, wow. That is a very good guess. Neil did mention Jules Verne. I didn't even know he wrote that, though. I, if I would have known that, I think I probably would have leaned that way. But Yeah. So we, we thought Count of Monte Cristo, probably not because I know that book pretty well. Maybe Three Musketeers because I don't know that book as well, though I have read it in the past. So we said Three Musketeers. 
Well, Chris absolutely nailed it, especially the clue um, uh, to go everywhere. Uh, this is the faithful valet to Phileas Fogg and around the world in 80 days. I, I keep missing all these great clues Kenya's putting in here because I... Because we're in a coma. We're in a coma. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, well, after that awesome first round, uh, it looks like Team Feats of Strength has not yet uh, stood up to play the game because we're only at 40 points, but the airing of grievances is well ahead at 60. All right. Well, a speak speaking of around the world, I have a swing round for you where you must name these world capital cities based on the clues that I provide to you. Okay. No. So nice. Jeff curses us with not being here, and this is just torture for us. So we are excited for this swing round, even though we're not great at geography. Ken, uh, just wanted to mention that uh, you can talk to Chris and Kenya uh, on all of our socials. Basically, you can go to The Crop on Facebook, and uh, Matt is there sometimes making some fun posts, asking for people to play Pokemon Go with him. Or I believe there's a new Discord channel all dedicated to Pokemon Go. Is that right, Matt? Uh, yeah, we got we got a little crazy with it, but uh, a lot of people were into it. So uh, add me on Pokemon Go. Let's, let's catch some Pokemon. Awesome. So if you want to join them and or just talk about the show in general, we have a Discord channel that you can get to, uh, and we'll have that link in the show notes, or you can just join us over at The Crop or on uh, Twitter and Instagram at TrivialityPod. All right. So once again, you are going to uh, every question in this every question this round um, relates to world capital cities. Question number one, the 2000 Outcast song, B.O.B., intended by the group to be an analogy for lack of dedication among mu music artists, was instead appropriated by many as a pro-war anthem three years later when the U.S. invaded the nation with this capital city. Question number two. Unlike the other Nobel Prizes, which are all awarded in Sweden, the Nobel Peace Prize is awarded from this city. This home of the Akershus Castle, an Oscarborg fortress, was also the home to figure skater Sonia Henney and painter Edvard Munch. Question number three. The name of this capital city comes from the native word Nkran, N-K-R-A-N, meaning ants. It was the capital of the British Gold Coast between 1877 and 1957 and will be the host city for the 2023 African Games. Question number four. Aventine, Kelian, Capitoline, Esquiline, Palatine, Quirinal, and Viminal are features that form the geographic heart of this city. Question number five. In the Bible, Acts chapter nine details the conversion of Saul, a persecutor of the disciples, to Paul the apostle. According to that chapter, Saul was struck blind by the Lord on the road to what ancient city, the oldest capital city in the world? Question number six. This southern African city on the Natwane River, home to over 400,000 residents, is served by the Sir Seretsi Kama International Airport. Alexander McCall's novel series, The Number One Ladies Detective Agency, was set here as well. Question number seven. Al Nayan is the ruling family of this capital city, whose name means father of gazelle in Arabic. 
On the animated series Garfield and Friends, a recurring gag showed Garfield repeatedly and unsuccessfully attempting to mail fellow cat Normal to the city. Question number eight. Let's make a deal. I tell you that this South American capital city, situated on the northeastern banks of the Rio de la Plata, has been ranked number one for quality of life by Mercer since 2005. And you tell me the name of the most gay-friendly city in Latin America. Question number nine. Mbabane is the administrative capital and Lobamba is the legislative capital of what nation which, when mispronounced, sounds virtual instead of real? And question number 10. Thanks to musical artist Psy, we now know that Gangnam Gu is an upscale, modern, and stylish district where everyone wants to party. In what capital city? All right, we'll mull these over and we will be back with our answers. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Well, or call she, the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. After that great swing round that brought us around the world in just uh, a few minutes, not 80 days, we are all locked in. So let's hear those clues one more time, Kenya, and we'll give our answers. All right, question number one in the swing round. The 2000 Outcast song, B.O.B., intended by the group to be an analogy for lack of dedication among music artists, was instead appropriated by many as a pro-war anthem three years later when the U.S. invaded the nation with this capital city. Okay, so uh, this one was one of the easier ones, I think, and we said Baghdad. Uh, Yep, we also said Baghdad. Absolutely. B.O.B. stands for Bombs Over Baghdad. You are absolutely correct. 
your second question. Unlike the other Nobel Prizes, which are all awarded in Sweden, the Nobel Peace Prize is awarded from this city. This home of the Akershus Castle and Oskarborg Fortress was also home to figure skater Sonja Henny and painter Edvard Munch. We went with Zurich. Mm, uh, we were thinking that this was Oslo. And the correct answer is Oslo. Man. I, I've been watching so many travel shows that I've mixed them up. I watched Oslo and Zurich right at one after another, and that's why I'm not mm. lying. <laughs> oh. I don't know. Maybe too much knowledge is not a good thing. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, number three, the name of this capital city comes from the native word Nkron, meaning ants. It was the capital of the British Gold Coast between 1877 and 1957 and will be the host city for the 2023 African Games. Neil said he was pretty sure that the Olympics were going to be in Ghana. Couldn't get much further than that, so he just said Ghana. Uh, yeah, the uh, capital of Ghana. This, this ca- Fortunately, we came across this after brainstorming for a minute, but I th- believe the capital is Accra. And um, yes, Chris nailed it. Um, it is uh, Accra or Accra um, in Ghana. So you did nail the right country, but yes, that is the capital. Um, question number four Aventine, Salian, Capitoline, Esquiline, Palatine, Quirinal, or Quirinal, and Viminal are features that form the geographic heart of this city. We weren't 100% sure, but thought these uh, items that you mentioned kind of sound maybe ancient Roman, so we said Rome. Uh, yeah, Chris was pretty sure that these were the seven hills of Rome. And these are absolutely the seven hills of Rome. Good job. Question number five. In the Bible, Acts chapter 9 details the conversion of Saul, a persecutor of the disciples, to Paul the apostle. According to that chapter, Saul was struck blind by the Lord on the road to what ancient city, the oldest capital in the world? When you say oldest, it rings a bell, and we said Damascus. And yep, we also said Damascus, the road to Damascus. And points all around, it is in fact Damascus. Question number six, this southern African city on the Natwane River, home to over 400,000 residents, is served by the Sir Seretse Kama International Airport. Alexander McCall's novel series, The Number One Ladies Detective Agency, was set here as well. So I know the book series, uh, and I know it takes place in Botswana, but I uh, couldn't pull a city, a capital city, so we just said Botswana. Yeah, we had a hard time with this one, too. Um, the only thing we could think of in South Africa was Johannesburg, and we think that that's not enough people for the population, but we said it anyway. All right, and uh, and Neil, you did, in fact, nail the country. Uh, the city is Gaborone. Oh. All right, question number seven. Al Nayan is the ruling family of this capital city, whose name means father of gazelle in Arabic. On the animated series Garfield and Friends, a recurring gag showed Garfield repeatedly and unsuccessfully attempting to mail fellow cat Normal to this city. When I think of a cartoon, um, like picking a place to like mail somebody as a joke, I would think they would pick Timbuktu. So we went with uh, Abu Dhabi. I, this sticks out in my memory very strongly as uh, the, like there was like a crate that said Abu Dhabi on it. So... That was our guess. And absolutely, Garfield was always trying to mail Nermal to Abu Dhabi. Wow. 
All right, question number eight, let's make a deal. I tell you that this South American capital city situated on the northeastern banks of the Rio de la Plata has been ranked number one for quality of life by Mercer since 2005. And you tell me the name of the most gay-friendly city in Latin America. We just thought um, that Rio sounded right for this. So we said Rio de Janeiro. Um, well, we were stuck between uh, Buenos Aires and Montevideo. Um, but we went with, uh, I believe it's the capital of Uruguay, and said Montevideo. So your clue in here was the beginning of the question. It says, let's make a deal, which was hosted for a long time um, uh, by... Monte Hall. And so the city that you're looking for is, in fact, the capital of Uruguay, which is Montevideo. Good job, guys. Question number nine. Mbabane is the administrative capital and Lobamba is the legislative capital of what nation which, when mispronounced, sounds virtual instead of real? Well, Matt gave a little chuckle when this question was read, so... <laughs> We kind of figured that maybe the correct pronunciation is like Eswatini. And uh, if you say Eswatini, it sounds like you're like emailing it to somebody. So we said Eswatini. Yes, we also went with everyone's favorite bit of recent trivia and said Eswatini. And it is, in fact, Eswatini or Eswatini if you pronounce it like it's a virtual country. <laughs> And then finally, question number 10, thanks to musical artist Sai, we now know that Gangnam Gu is an upscale, modern, and stylish district where everyone wants to party in what capital city? We said Seoul. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we also said Seoul. And everyone here has got Seoul. It is, in fact, Seoul. All right. Wow. So the uh, the team of airing of grievances uh, played really well in the swing round, bringing their total up to 105 to go into the second round. And team feats of strength still finding their footing. Uh, we're at 65 going into the second round. Question number one. This eight letter word is the name of a Pet Shop Boy single that peaked at number eight on the UK top 10 in 1986 a chain of Mexican department stores, and a roller derby league based in Yonkers, New York. This word could also be used to describe Naperville, Illinois, but certainly not the Mag Mile in Chicago or anywhere near it. All right, so they are locked in. Um, Chris, you had a thought on this one. Yeah, just uh, with eight letters in Naperville, what comes to mind is suburban. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, not a lot of uh, thunder on the other parts of the question, but uh, seemed seemed plausible to us. So that's what we went with, suburban. We had a very similar uh, discussion. Um, for some reason, in the back of my head, Pet Shop Boys, suburban, uh, but it, it really just felt uh, you know fit the other clues about Naperville and Chicago. So we also said suburban. And this is actually a little bit heartbreaking for me because I did not want this to be neg bait for you guys. It is suburbia. Um. Yeah, very close. Well, question number two, speaking of suburbia, a certain suburb of Chicago is named after a certain town in New York, which itself is named after a historical region in the Gelderland province of the Netherlands. What is this name, which was also the name of the capital of the Dutch East Indies before it was renamed to Jakarta in 1942? Matt, I, I got this one. All right, then we are locked in. Uh, Holland, is that Dutch? 
Yeah. There's a there is a town here called East Holland. Yeah. And uh, probably one in New York. Yeah. I I'd, I'd venture to guess there's one in New York. I'd be okay with that. The only other thing I was thinking of is like Lions, mm. Leon or Yeah. But I'm good with Holland. Okay. Uh we'll lock in with East Holland. I guess we'll go with the Illinois version. We'll go East Holland. And for us, uh, I don't know where I ran into this, but pretty confident this is home of Fermilab Batavia. Mm. It is the home of Fermilab in Illinois. <laughs> it is Batavia. Man. Mm. Good job. I think I said a real Chicago city. Way. I hope. Let me look that up. <laughs> All right. Question number three. The statue of Zeus at Olympia and the Temple of Artemis are ancient ones that are part of a defined set. Christ the Redeemer and Machu Picchu are two members of a new set, according to a worldwide poll conducted by a Swiss organization in the 2000s. What two words can be used to describe either set? One of those words should be a number. We're locked in. Yeah, uh, Matt, I think this is going to be... These are seven wonders of the world, right? That yeah, and I think one is like seven modern wonders. It's seven or ancient. It, it depend, yeah, so I think seven wonders is the two words. I would agree. So, sounds good there. to me. And uh, since these guys are kicking our asses so hard, I'm grateful that we agree with them. Seven wonders. And points all around. The correct answer is seven wonders. Question number four. This antagonist in English folklore, who, is some, who sometimes schemes alongside Sir Guy of Gisborne, is always referred to by his title, though modern film portrayals have given him various names. Alan Rickman portrayed him in a well-known 1991 film. Roger Rees played a parody version of this character in another film two years later. Uh, we've, we've quoted the movie. On the... Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's totally it. That's definitely it. Yeah. Okay, we are locked in. What are you thinking here, um, man? I think I think that the parody version was from Men in Tights. I think this is Robin Hood, right? So if, if the villain would be the sheriff of Nottingham, then oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're looking for the the antagonist, not the protagonist. So and that's uh, a title, I'm, sheriff. I, yeah, sheriff of Nottingham sounds good. Yep, yeah, yeah, we said the same. What's the line that you like to say from that movie? Um, the Alan Rickman line. It's the spoon one, and it's escaping me right now. Uh, I'll cut your heart, heart out with a spoon or something like yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. This is the Sheriff of Nottingham. Good job. And uh, the Roger Rees character is called the Sheriff of Rottingham. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love Mel Brooks. It's your favorite filmmaker. Oh, Abe, Abe Lincoln. Got him. What? Abe Lincoln. No, the horse. His name is uh, Abe Lincoln. Ken. Okay. <laughs> All right. Question number five. This song, issued as a single by the Beatles in April 1965, became their seventh consecutive number one hit in the UK and their third number one hit in the States. According to 2005's A Hard Day's Right, the stories behind every Beatles song, John Lennon said the song described cards indicating a clean bill of health carried by Hamburg prostitutes in the 1960s. We're locked in. Ooh, Ken with the Beatles lock in. I like it. Was it a Beatles lock-in or a prostitute lock-in? Oh, that's true. It could, it could have been the prostitute lock-in. Yeah. Man, I've got a thought. Okay. What I mean, is this is thought? a bit... Uh, what about Ticket mm-hmm. to Ride? <laughs> oh, that does make sense. 
Um, little, I was thinking, uh, you know, little 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 cheeky there, but uh, yeah, I was I was going a little a little nicer and just I want to hold your hand, but I guess you can have a ticket to ride as well. I think we can we can lock in with ticket to ride. Yep, pretty positive that this is ticket to ride. And the correct answer is ticket to ride. So that board game would be very different if it followed the Beatles. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> um, after five uh, in the second round, it uh, looks like feats of strength are up to 95. Just haven't quite uh, breached 100. And the uh, airing of grievances are at 145. All right. Question number six. If you've ever successfully kept a houseplant alive, and I am not one of those people, you know it needs adequate sunlight and water, as well as carbon dioxide, to create the oxygen and energy it needs. What is this process called? Okay, you got it. I think I know what it is, but I, I don't want to sound like an idiot. So we'll lock in with Ken's answer. <laughs> I don't want to sound like an idiot either because <laughs> I like yeah. I have two things in my head and I'm forgetting which one's the right one. Yeah, uh, it's not it's not just photosynthesis, right? I, f- I think that's it. I just... I sometimes I like this is I feel like this is one of those things where I have had the wrong thing in my head my entire life. Uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, let's just go photosynthesis. Sounds good. Yeah, I don't want to overthink this one. Um, yeah, to make their uh, energy, it's photosynthesis. I believe the oxygen is a waste product, though. I don't think they need it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we said photosynthesis. All right. And uh, yeah, good good job on not overthinking it. It is, in fact, photosynthesis. Okay. Oh, I feel so much better now. <laughs> That's what I was going to say as well. So we need some points to wager in the final. So That's true. All right. Question number seven. Explorer Juan Ponce de Leon's tomb is on this island. Poet and writer Alejandro Tapia y Rivera is known as the father of this island's literature. Locals call their cuisine Cochina Criola. Name this island the birthplace of actors Raul Julia, Rita Moreno, and Benicio del Toro. Uh, I got this, Matt. Good, 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 because I don't. <laughs> um, okay, so Rita Moreno is going to be in, was in West Side Story. She's going to be in the new West Side Story. Uh, and uh, that has a huge uh, Puerto Rican undercurrent. So I say we go Puerto Rico. That sounds good to me. Okay, that's my that's my line of thinking. So yeah. that's what we'll lock in with, Puerto Rico. Yeah, my father-in-law is Puerto Rican, so I definitely knew this one. It's Puerto Rico. Absolutely. The correct answer is Puerto Rico. Good job. Question number eight. What was the two-word name of the Cartoon Network anthology series that functioned as a showcase for international animated children's programming that aired on Sunday mornings from 1996 to 2002? Shows featured included Pingu, Old Baron Friends, Christopher Crocodile, Miffy, Soup Opera, and Archibald the Koala. Kids, we're going to talk today about my syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> Don't koalas have like disease or something, right? Probably some. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't either. Is Pingu, is Pingu the, the little kid who doesn't have any hair who like runs around no, sneakers in a no. backpack? That's, um, what's his name? That is a that is a cartoon though, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have no idea. So do you just want to say the International Fun Time Hour? I would watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a two word answer. Did I hear that? This is a two word okay. answer. Yes. <laughs> we just multiplied by two. International Fun Time <laughs> is all hyphenated. So. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Matt, this is 
this is not my wheelhouse. Um, like uh, international sounds planet like, international anime animated planet sounds good because that that can be mean multiple things. And if it was like education or whatever, kids wouldn't watch it. I kind of like animated planet. I was just straight off the dome. I, I'm sure it's not a thing, but I don't know. I got nothing. Well, if it's I got not, nothing. It should have been called that. So we're gonna say animated planet. Oh, and yeah, we'll just go international fun time hour. All right. And um, unfortunately, uh, no points here. Uh, the name of the show reflected how um, even though uh, these shows were produced very far away, uh, they could be brought close to home because it's just a small world after mm. all. So the answer is small mm. world. Uh, question number nine. The MPS is a governmental agency that was established in 1829 at Four Whitehall Place and has moved three times since its founding. However, this agency is generally known by a two-word nickname that references the street that the rear entrance of the original building was located on. What is that name? I think I might have a thought here, Matt. Yeah, I wonder if we'll be on the same page. But... I bet we are. I got a feeling. Okay, we're we're good to lock in here. Okay, so they're locked in. Um, we were both thinking that the MPS was British or English. Um, and then, uh, so were we both thinking Scotland Yard? Does that sound right? For sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And we're going to go in with Scotland Yard. We also agree. We went Scotland Yard. So the MPS stands for the Metropolitan Police Service, which was located on 4 Whitehall Place. Um, uh, originally, and as I said in the question, it's moved several times since then. The original building had a rear entrance on a street called Great Scotland Yard. So the correct answer is Scotland Yard. Nice. Getting some points here. Yeah, I know. I'm feeling a little better about going into the final. All right. And then question number 10, your final question of the regular game. What sweet nine-letter answer created by Eleanor Abbott in 1948 while she was recovering from polio fits the theme of today's game? Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Uh-oh. Oh, I just got it. Oh, good. One of us got yep. it. Yep. Luckily, I just it's got it. <laughs> okay, We're so, locked in. So, so they're locked in. She said, what sweet invention... Eleanor Abbott, uh, while she's recovering from polio. So all I have to go off of is she's probably immobile. So she had to have created something. She could have some sort of activity. And well, I'm... she suddenly said that there's a theme to this game. Yeah, so what do we have here for a theme? We got suburbia. Wonders. Uh, seven wonders. Wonders. Sheriff. Nottingham. Uh, Batavia. Photosynthesis. Puerto Rico. Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride. Oh, ticket. Oh, Puerto Rico and Ticket to Ride are board games, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got maybe we're thinking of a board game Seven here. Wonder, yeah. Uh okay. Board game. And then Suburbia. Tavia. Luxor. Light. Oh, life. Oh, no, That's a board got game. It. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. So this is helping. So we got the game of life, we got the Lux of Pyramids, which is also, I, I believe, a game. Some some pyramid. Oh, Candyland. Sweet. Yeah. I like that. She played can yeah, that would make sense. Candyland's a pretty old game. Well, uh we we kind of picked up on all that too. Uh Chris, what did we say? 
Uh, we also said Candyland because these all struck me as board game names. So it, it fits the clue if it is sweet in nine letters. All right. And so <clears throat> you guys have gone back and looked uh, at all of the answers given during the game. In addition to that, if you go back and you look at the swing round and you look at the first letter of each of the answers, Baghdad, Oslo, Accra, Rome, Damascus, oh, Gaborone, Abu Dhabi, Montevideo, Aswatini and Seoul, it spells out board games. Oh, hmm. uh, so your uh, answer here, and both of you guys sussed this out correctly, is in fact Candyland. Good job. That could have been really helpful. I, I know. I didn't even think of that. That's man. All right. Going into the final round, the scores are slightly closer, so I think the wagers uh, are really going to play a part here. Uh, it looks like Team uh, Feats of Strength are at 135. And team airing of grievances are at 175. So right before we throw it to Kenya to get those categories, just want to let everyone know you can join us over at Patreon if you'd like. Uh, we have a lot of extra audio content as we talk about that you can listen to, whether it's the uh, more trivia-based uh, fun uh, monthly bonuses or the crop drop where we answer literally anything you want to ask us. And uh, we'll talk about it in detail, uh, perhaps a little more kooky than normal because it's after hours. Uh, so you can join us over there, uh, and you can also uh, get some perks like stickers and posters and boxes and other things that uh, Judy Garland would uh, sing well if it was a song in Wizard of Oz. So if you'd like to join uh, all of our patrons and help support the show to continue to grow, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. What are those categories, Kenya? Your uh, final round categories are Monopoly, Olympic Edition, Monopoly, Musical Theater Edition, Monopoly, Sneaky Bastards Edition, Monopoly, Sanctioned Violence Edition, and Monopoly, Real Life Edition. Okay, all the wagers are now locked in. Let's get the questions. All right, your first question in Monopoly, Olympic Edition. Monopoly will license their name to almost anything, which is why there are over 300 different versions out there. In fact, they created a Centennial Olympic Games edition to celebrate which Summer Olympics, the last one to be held in the USA. Please provide the year and the location in your answer. Monopoly Musical Theater Edition. It is widely known that the Monopoly properties were named after streets in Atlantic City, New Jersey. One of those streets, St. Charles Place, no longer exists. A casino now stands at that location with what name, which is also the name of a 1927 Kern and Hammerstein musical. The part of Joe in this musical was specifically written for Paul Robeson. Question number three, Monopoly Sneaky Bastards Edition. What British board game manufacturer, who once held the rights to publish Parker Brothers Monopoly in the UK, helped the Allied forces by publishing special editions of the game to ship to prisoners being held by the Germans? Hidden in these Monopoly sets were maps, compasses, real money, and other escape aids. I didn't check it. Question number... <laughs> Question number four, Monopoly Sanctioned Violence Edition. According to numerous websites and a very unscientific online study, Monopoly is the board game most likely to cause fights during game night. It therefore makes sense that in 2012, a special collector's edition of Monopoly was released featuring characters and themes from what classic fighting video game franchise that dates back to 1987. 
the player tokens include a wrist cuff and a mask, and the houses and hotels have been replaced with training rooms and dojos. And finally, question number five, Monopoly Real Life Edition. For over 100 years, one system of companies held a vertical monopoly over telecommunication products and services in most of the U.S. and Canada until its breakup in 1983. This system of companies was colloquially, na colloquially known by what familial name? All right, we'll think about these answers and we'll be right back. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. All right, we are all locked in here. So let's see how the cookie crumbles, as they say. As Neil says, at least. All, all the time. All the time, yeah. Probably just because of Jim Carrey and Bruce Almighty and his <laughs> sign-off. All right, here we go. So, question number one, Monopoly Olympic Edition. Monopoly will license their name to almost anything, which is why there's over 300 versions of it. Um, in fact, they created a Centennial Olympic Games to celebrate which Summer Olympics, and I need the year and location. We wagered uh, five on this one. We weren't too confident with the Olympics clue, but we believe this is the 1996 Atlanta Summer Olympics. So that was what we locked in with. Uh, yeah, we wagered 20 on this one, and uh, this will be the last one until 2028 when it's coming to Los Angeles. Um, but I just watched the American crime story on this. Uh, Richard Jewell, the Atlanta bombing. So we said 96 in Atlanta. And points all around. It is, in fact, 96 Atlanta Games. Um, and I do have that Olympic edition on my shelf, um, among other monopolies up there for no reason whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> question number two was Monopoly Musical Theater Edition. I am looking for the name of the casino that stands where St. Charles Place once stood in Atlantic City that shares a name with a 1927 Kern and Hammerstein musical that had a part specifically written for Paul Robeson. We wagered 30 on this one. Uh, Ken initially said possibly Carousel because it does sound like a really good casino name, but I know that that was Rogers and Hammerstein. Uh, and Kenny was asking for Kern and Hammerstein, but we thought the time period made sense for this one, and we believe it is the show uh, where Old Man River comes from. So we said Showboat. 
Mm. Mm. That sounds like better answer than we have. We wagered ten. Yeah. Uh, neither of us big big musical guys, right? Um, nope. So we just said cabaret. Cabaret takes place in the future war of uh, World War Two, right? The correct, the future war. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Paul Robeson is probably is a uh, very well known for his rendition of Old Man River, uh, which takes place on the musical Showboat. So good job. Question number three was Monopoly Sneaky Bastards Edition. I'm looking for the name of the British board game manufacturer who held who helped the Allied forces by sneaking maps, compasses, money, and escape aids into um, UK editions of Monopoly. Is this just a box full of files? <laughs> uh, Ken, what was your thought on this one? We wagered 20. My thought is that we know three... Uh, board game companies, Parker Brothers, Milton Bradley, and Hasbro. And uh, we picked one that's not Parker Brothers because it's in the question. And we said Milton Bradley. Mm, one of my favorite clubs British. of all time. Um, yeah, we, I, we wagered 30. Um, no idea. Uh, Chris, what did we lock in with? Something that randomly bubbled up from my brain. I don't know how or why. It probably will sound ridiculous, but we, went, we ended up going with Selcho and Ryder. And unfortunately, no points on this question. Um, this was probably the most difficult question of the entire set. The name of the company was Waddington's. Uh, they had an, a reciprocal agreement with Parker Brothers to where they could publish Monopoly in the UK. And in return, Parker Brothers could publish Clue here in the United States. Um, and they actually hid those um, materials inside of the game materials. So it wasn't like you just opened the box and it was a box of files. It had to be able to pass scrutiny by uh, the Germans. It was actually embedded within the game board and other materials itself. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So you just had to bore the German soldiers from not wanting to play the game. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right, question number four, Monopoly Sanctioned Violence Edition. Um, I am looking for the limited edition or the collector's edition Monopoly game that was released in 2012 that features characters and themes from a classic fighting video game franchise that dates back to 1987. 87 seems a little early for this franchise, but uh, Street Fighter 1 uh, only had two characters, I believe, and it was like early renditions of Ken and Ryu. But uh, we said Street Fighter. Um, yeah, we wagered 30, and we were thinking the same thing. The cuffs being Ken and Ryu's cuffs, and then uh, the mask being for Vega, I believe. So we said Street Fighter. What do we wager? 20 points. Okay, so in this particular edition, the cuffs belong to Chun-Li, mm. and the mask belongs to Vega, but it is, in fact, Street Fighter. All right, and then your final question, Monopoly Real Life Edition. I'm looking for the name of the system of companies that held a vertical monopoly over telecommunications products and services in the U.S. and Canada until its breakup in 1983. I'm not too good at real life, so we only wagered, what, 20? 20. 20. Um, yeah, we couldn't come up with this with a familial name, so we just said Bell. Mm. Uh, we wagered... 30 and hearing the familial part actually makes me more sure of our answer. Chris, what did we lock in with? We went with Ma Bell. I feel like I've heard it referred to as that before. So yeah, Ma Bell. And the correct answer is Ma Bell. So ours isn't good enough. Not good enough. 
Unfortunately, no, it doesn't fit the clue. Specifically looking for the familial name, which would be Ma Bell. All right. Well, the final scores are in. It looks like Feats of Strength just couldn't, uh, you know, walk their way to the top. Uh, they're ending the game with 150 points. We fought, though. We, we fought. We tried our hardest. Uh, but today's cream of the crop with 215 points is the team of Chris and Matt of Erring Grievances. So congratulations. Yeah, no grievances to air. I, I love that game, and uh, I love winning, uh, thanks to the, my partner, Chris, who was doing really well today. So great job. Yeah, Chris, you said uh, you were a little nervous about you know performing well on the podcast, but you were crushing us the entire game, so great job. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I, I do feel like uh, something about the live environment makes my brain go like at 75% speed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it definitely uh, the way that Ken and I performed today, the the live mic uh, definitely uh, had a. See, I'm, I'm I can't even speak words right now because <laughs> that's what it's doing to me. Um, but Chris, thank you for joining us today and and for supporting us on Patreon. Uh, anyone you'd like to give a shout out to or any uh, any uh, final uh, say on your end? I'll give a shout out to my wife Emily, also a fan of the show, uh, and uh, just. Uh, Contribute to things that you like, such as this podcast or anything else creative. And uh, yeah, go see a show. Go go throw some money out there. Yeah, thanks <laughs> so much. And uh, yeah, let's do a trivia sometime since you're local, okay? That Hell yeah. Sounds good. Awesome. Yeah, and shout out to Emily. So thank you for listening to the show as well. And Kenya, um, these questions were so well written. It had a theme that we didn't even know existed until the end of the game that we should have paid attention to. Uh, and you just did a wonderful job. And it was so nice to have you back. Any uh, any anybody you'd like to shout out to or anything else you'd like to say today before we let you go? Yeah, um, a couple of things. And thank you for the compliments. Uh, a couple of things. The first thing is that um, I host a small uh, informal trivia game on Monday nights. I um, And you can find out more about it if you just go to facebook.com slash trivia, which is L-A-G-N-I-A-P-P-E. Um, that's a throwback to my hometown of New Orleans, uh, where we use the word lanyap to refer to something like a little something extra or a little bonus. So, uh, uh, facebook.com slash lanyap trivia. The timing is pretty bad because by the time people hear this, I will be on summer hiatus. Um, but I will be coming back in September with new games. So, um, if you want to just bookmark that, check it out, that'd be great. Um, and that's a totally free informal game. The second thing is I want to thank my, uh, game testers um i got some very helpful feedback from two names that you guys should know well uh that would be Addie lewis and uh adam holquist and mm -hmm. they did uh test my game out for me and uh gave me some very helpful feedback so thank you so much to those guys and um that's pretty much it just other than that just you know be good to each other and put some positivity and kindness out in the world all right we can definitely echo that. Yes. And thank you to everyone who play tests uh, games for a host. We really appreciate it. We know there's a great community now of people on Crop and Discord doing that. So thank you all for raising your hand to help out and uh, keep our games fresh. Uh, no Planeteer questions for Matt, uh, so he's not angry. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, Ken, uh, how's Jeff doing? We don't know. He's he's in a, in a void. He's in a void, but it'll be... Uh punished later okay we'll, we'll punish jeff later everyone don't worry but uh thank you to kenya chris matt ken and uh for jeff who will be punished later my name is neil and that was triviality uh i'm just a cheerleader no um 
Oh my god. I'm I'm having, I'm oh having my god. I'm ha- Oh my god, I'm having a meltdown. Um 